0: The Lazy Persons Book Club presents
1: You can blame it on the season Blame it on the weather Oh, blame it for no reason On a feather, Blame it
0: on Hoboken It's the funny music-fueled modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown
1: You can blame it on the game Blame it on the battle Oh, blame it on my name It doesn't matter Today's
0: episode, Step 4
2: Previously on Blame it on Hoboken New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates hires a pushy New Jersey matchmaker named Jimmy Foss in a Sinatra impersonators club in Hoboken. Her goal? To find a true and everlasting love in the next two weeks. And if that's not enough pressure, she's just been hired to find an overlooked landmark for the toughest record executive in town. Oh, Oh, And did we mention her parents have moved into her apartment with their super-handsome second-in-command? Little Hans from their tour company, Let's Get Lost, which helps people get, you know. We join Carolyn in her Greenwich Village apartment, waiting for her parents to get home. They're up near Grand Central Station, finishing up a tour for a group of New York City journalists. You have a real gift.
0: I can't wait to book a trip with you.
1: And we look forward to losing you. Our next group will be heading out in 6 to 11 weeks.
0: It's not just a gift, it's an industry. Have you considered going public?
1: But we are in public. Now the
2: group was relaxing in their home base, Carolyn's apartment.
0: I find it odd that these people can't get lost on their own. They seem skilled in so many other ways.
2: Speaking of skill, mom, dad, little Hans, that's my friend Ned Allen buzzing. I'm really excited for you to meet him. He's a leader in the field of custom office furniture
0: and an excellent plane catcher.
1: Oh! So you're Carolyn's friend from California. That's me.
0: Although I don't live in California. I I was there for work. And you returned on a plane. It's the quickest way. Well,
1: sometimes this cannot be avoided. Am I missing something? Don't worry, dear. Carolyn has told us about your... your uh, normalcy.
0: Look on the bright side, Fred. Being normal makes you quite unusual in our field, and that's a good thing.
2: His name's Ned, Dad, not Fred.
0: Oh, that is normal.
1: But there is also the fact that I can see you, and this is not normal among Carolyn's friends.
2: Little Hans was just trying to be nice, but the whole conversation was proving pretty confusing to Ned for a lot of reasons. And so Carolyn turned to a recipe well-proven loosening people up in tight situations. Wine, anyone? Yes, yes please. please.
0: So, you folks get people lost for a living? We, we do. do. And we're proud of it. So many people waste their lives sitting behind a desk. And
1: what do you do for a living?
0: Uh, I make custom office furniture. Desks are my speciality.
1: We have nothing against furniture.
0: We simply have no use for it. Although I'm sure other people do. For instance... Wooden
1: in people! Oh, dear, I didn't mean to imply... Well, well, you know, that is, I mean...
2: Luckily for all concerned, it was time for them to get going. Little Hans had gotten them invited to a charity roller skating night on the Bowery. Carolyn lost sight of her parents as soon as they entered the rink. And this time, she was relieved to see them disappear for a little while. Ned, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. Everything my folks and Little Hans
0: said back there... Trust me, they didn't mean to be mean. Don't apologize. No one has ever thought of me as the odd man out before. And I gotta be honest, it feels great. Being uncool in your family is really cool somehow. I mean it. The way your parents and little Hans treat me, it makes me feel at ease.
2: And there it was. Step four, make something. Carolyn's family made Ned Allen feel at ease. She'd double check it with Jimmy Foss, but she felt sure she and Ned had taken the fourth step. Carolyn spent the morning in Upper Manhattan looking for Natalie Martino's landmark, the one that would inspire a song bigger than Arrow of Love. She had a lovely walk, but nothing caught her eye. Wendy, her high school intern, was due back at her home office in Greenwich Village in an hour. So, Carolyn caught the subway downtown.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, due to track work, local trains will bypass the following stops. Please use the one, two, or three trains.
2: Suddenly, Carolyn knew where she had heard that subway announcer's voice before. And here's a song on that very subject for you to enjoy while Carolyn races to Transit Authority HQ.
1: In the middle of the morning, in a little middle gap between here and there, I hear something that sounds somehow like way back. so strange is, sounding like a voice I used to know, sounding like a voice I used to know.
3: You want to talk to the voice of the subway? Lady, please, do I look like I was hatched this morning? I've been working this desk for 30 years. Has the voice on the subway annoyed you? Because I got a form for that. Do you have a complaint about the quality of the information the voice delivers? I got a form for that, too. But I
2: don't want to fill out a form. I want to talk to the voice. And I think she'd like to talk to me,
3: too. They don't call me a public servant for nothing. Hello, Jimmy. Ralphie from Information. Young lady down here wants to talk to the voice. Yeah, yeah, I know. No? Well, yeah, I mean, what can I do? I got a pension to think about. Plus, we got armed security down here if she's a nutcase. But she don't look like a nutcase. Okay, 10-4, roger that. The voice is coming down. As Carolyn walked over
2: to the foot of the stairs, a woman in a blue Transit Authority uniform appeared on the upper landing. She had a sturdy build and short gray hair that emphasized the sharp angles of her face. Well, well, Miss Cates. I could
1: say this is a most pleasant surprise.
2: Miss Chupesky! The woman descending the staircase was New York City's voice of the subway. The person who recorded messages about train delays and disruptions, requests to mind the closing doors, and to treat one's neighbor relatively well. Before that, she'd been a math teacher.
1: Of course, if we factor in certain variables, your arrival is understandable. As I'm sure you understand. Hold on, Chepesky. You're telling me you really know this girl? Know her? I taught her algebra. She was one of my most dedicated students. You
0: taught math, Chepesky? When? Where? You gotta be kidding me.
1: Many years ago, in a high school several hundred miles away. No
0: wonder everybody listens when you talk. They may not know who you were, but boy, they feel it. There's nothing like a math teacher to scare folks quiet.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Miss Cates, you have arrived at a convenient time. My workday is ending. Shall we go somewhere and reconnect?
2: I'd love to, but I need to be in my office when my intern arrives.
1: An intern, Miss Cates? An office? How wonderful! I
2: lead tours of overlooked landmarks. Overlooked landmarks? I would like to hear
1: more about this business. Perhaps we could reconnect in your office.
0: We conclude this episode of Sharon Glassman's Novel with Songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order,
2: Mayor Trevathan as Caro's mom and Miss Chupesky, Eric Eil as Caro's dad, Connor Magyar as Ned, Ralphie's friend, business reporter, and the announcer, Dallas Heltzel as Ralphie, introducing Ron Hogan as the travel journalist, Andre Vramek as Little Hans, and Sharon Glassman as Carolyn and the narrator.
0: The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Tarine. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music filled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from studio To Be or Not To Be in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont
1: Compass. Stay with me.